hate hide-and-seek. Anybody with me? Just can't stand the game. My kids love it, and it's like the easiest game to play with your kids, right? Because it takes no setup time, and it takes no extra supplies, but I just can't do it. See, I have a very, very overactive imagination. And so both the hiding and the seeking send me to like adrenaline pumping levels. If I am hiding, it is no longer my 10-year-old trying to find me, it's the CIA. Like I am just terrified of being found. And same with seeking, like I just am waiting for the moment that it's not like my family that jumps out, it's some hidden serial killer that's been living in my house for 30 years. Like, I just actually can't do it. I can't play the game. And my kids know that, so they don't ask anymore. They only ask Lucas. But I can't play hide-and-seek. Now, that wasn't always the case. There was a time, right, when kids are little and they just can't stay hidden. They hide behind curtains, and all you have to do is say, where's Ethan? Where's Kaylee? And they gleefully pop out, right? And they're like, here I am. I could do that hide and seek. I could. I just can't do the real hide and seek. And as we continue on in the book of Colossians, we've just come out of this time where Paul's kind of talking to the church in Colossae about all of these struggles, these things that tempt them to pop out of their safe place in Jesus and say, hey, here I am, world. Here I am. And if we're really honest with ourselves, we face the same temptations. We're over and over in life, we are tempted to come out of our safe place. To come out of that place where we are just in the eternal with Jesus and focus on the temporary. Focus on the here and now. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. And we don't put the scripture up on the screen because your Bibles are at home with you. We really think it's important to know where things are found in the Word of God. And so if you don't have a paper Bible, we'd love to get you one. But if you have a device here, there's some amazing free Bible apps that you can get, like the YouVersion, Y-O-U version Bible app. So again, we're in Colossians 3 today, verses one through four. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So God, I thank you so much for your word. And as we said over and over during camp, that this isn't a book of fairy tales, but this is real things that happened, that you truly lived, and these are, are your words, the, the stories of your people written down for us. I thank you that it is alive and that it changes us. So Spirit of Truth, would you be here with us this morning as we dig deep into your word, as we dig deep into our priorities? God, I pray again that not my words would go forth this morning, but your words, because they are the only thing that bring change in life. And God, I also just pray that you'd strengthen my voice and my lungs this morning. Allow me to preach what you have put on my heart in your precious name. Amen. 
Well, seeking, this is not a new idea in the Bible. And if I say seeking God, likely, if you grew up in church, you have a few verses that are already rolling around in your mind. This is something that is talked about over and over and over in Scripture. And we're going to just read verses 1 and 2 again. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And this is really critical instruction for us, because if we're not intentional at what we seek, if we're not intentional at what we prioritize, Life just has a habit of continuing on, doesn't it? And if we're not intentional about seeking God, life has the habit of just rolling past without him. The days, they're busy, and they're fast. And if we don't put into practice some things that prioritize the priorities, we're just going to wake up next year, as we talked about in January. And those things that we had thought we really, really wanted, we won't have accomplished. So what is vying for our hearts and our minds today, this week, this year? There's a fantastic quote by Charles E. Hummel, and it says, Your greatest danger is letting the urgent things crowd out the important we have so much that is vying for our attention. Every day we have 86,400 second-by-second decisions to be made. That's how many seconds there are in a day, by the way. And not all of the decisions that we make in that day are bad, right? Like, we actually have to sleep and eat. I believe that the people that have been put in our life are a sacred responsibility. Not all of the decisions that we make in those 86,400 seconds are going to be bad. Some are going to be excellent. Some are going to be honoring God. But are we prioritizing the priorities? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Are we seeking first God himself? Or are we setting our hearts and minds on the things in the here and now, the temporary, the earthly. Matthew Henry says this in his commentary, as heaven and earth are contrary one to the other, both cannot be followed. An affection to the one will weaken and abate affection to the other. Have you found that to be true in your life? I've absolutely found that to be true in mine. Where when I seek God and I seek his kingdom things, the things of earth just lose their appeal. The shine wears off. And the other way is true too. When I get caught up in the things of this life and the things of this earth and I run after that, all of a sudden the things of God start to just feel a little less appealing. I'm finding fulfillment and satisfaction in something else. We can't have both. Affection to the one will weaken and abate affection to the other. So what are we seeking? Because we're going to find it. Do you know that? Whatever we seek, we actually will find. And my question for you this morning is, if you find what you're seeking, will you be fulfilled eternally or temporarily? 
me ask you that again. If you find what you're seeking, will you, you be fulfilled eternally or temporarily? Ashley and I were just having this conversation this week about Disney World, of course, and how much we both would love to be back there in Disney World because it's the most magical place on earth. If you haven't been, you don't know. And it just reminded me of this conversation that Lucas and I had the first time we were planning to go to Disneyland. And we had got a really nice tax return, and sure enough, right in the newspaper that day was this amazing deal to Disneyland. And my parents called up, and they were like, hey, we're going to do a family trip. We have talked to your brother and his wife, and they're in, and just to make sure that this happens, we're going to pay one adult from both families. I was like, deal. Like, the tax return is coming. We have the money. We're done. We're in. And Lucas came home, and I told him what I thought was going to be the greatest news of his life. <laughs> we are going to Disneyland, baby. Like, this is amazing. And he just looked at me and went, no, we're not. What? No, we're not. Two-hour temper tantrum on this one's part. Um, sobbing, like, what do you mean we're not? And these words came out of Lucas's mouth. What do they do? Inject you on the way out? Like, what do they do to make sure that you're an addict for life? They don't, by the way. But there is this draw back to the earthly. There is this temporary fulfillment. The things of earth doesn't satisfy for long. It leaves you wanting more. It leaves you needing more. It leaves you empty and lacking once you find it. But here's what I know about God. He is a God who is faithful to all of his promises. And he promises us in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which means if we seek him, we're going to find him. Because God's a God who wants to be known by humanity, by his creation. And then in Psalm 107.9, he says this, For he, God, satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. When we seek God, we find God. And unlike the temporary, even something as beautiful and wonderful as Disney World or Disneyland, he does not rub off and leave us lacking. He doesn't just leave us with the memory of time with him. He leaves us fulfilled. He is with us, and he is the only thing that satisfies. And when we come before him, when we're with him, he rubs off on us. And it's the only way, if you are like new to faith, and you look at people that have Jesus in their life, and you're like, what is it? Right? What is it that allows them to walk in peace when the storms of life are still raging? It's God. It's God himself. 
It's finding what they were seeking. What is it that allows them to be kind and gracious and compassionate and loving to people that are just jerks? It's God. It's nothing that we do. It's seeking God and finding him. And the fullness that's found in him, the enough that's in his presence. And when we set our hearts and minds on Jesus, when we seek after him with all that we have, we find him. And because he is a God that fulfills, he begins to change us. He rubs off on us. We become more and more like him. The God of the universe wants to know you. He does know you. And he wants you to know him the same. He wants an actual relationship with you, a two-sided relationship with you. And the question is, do we want that kind of relationship with him? Are we seeking after him? Are we running after him? And that's a really, really easy question to find out. All you need to do is think about what you thought about yesterday. All you need to do is go back over your calendar. Look through your bank account. What are the things that are consuming your thought life? What are the things that you're dedicating your time towards? Where are you pouring your resource? That's probably a really good indication of what you're seeking, what you're running after. Again, there are excellent things that God calls us to, but probably if you're like me, you can recognize the lull, the pull towards the things of the here and now, the things that are going to be enjoyed and gone in an instant, the things that leave us lacking and wanting more. Church, we don't need to be people that run after those things. I have to tell you, they're a mirage. They promise fulfillment. They promise peace. They promise satisfaction. But when you get to them, they're going to be proven for what they were all along. They are shifting sand. Run after the things that matter. Run after the things that fulfill. Run after the things of Jesus. Spend your time on things that matter. If you're new to this, if you're new to the whole faith thing, we're not saying for all of those seconds of a day that you just need to like be on your knees in front of Jesus. So I think then if you are, you actually miss out on a whole bunch of other stuff that he's called us to do, like love people. But you know what? Maybe just start your day with 10 minutes. If you're brand new to faith and you're like, where do I begin? Start by giving Jesus your first 10 minutes. And when you wake up, just get in the habit of saying, good morning, God. Thanks for the sunshine coming in my window. Thanks for the fact that my eyes opened. Thank you for today, whatever is going to come. Spend some time just quiet. Like, we do a really horrible job of that, of, like, actually being quiet and letting God speak to us. We're those chatty Cathy's that just can't talk enough. What if you just took a minute, just sat let God speak to you. Read something in your Bible. It doesn't even have to be long. Read something. Spend your first 10 minutes with God.
And I believe that if you started there, honestly, you're going to want more because God is a God who's all-fulfilling. When we start our day with him, we find true peace and we find true joy and we find grace and we find fulfillment and we find all of the enough in him. But be intentional to seek after him, to seek the thing that our soul needs. And when we seek him and we find him, then we need to stay put. We just need to stay hidden. I'm really good at putting things in safe places. Really good. Not to brag, but I'm amazing at it. Um, Lucas got me a watch for Christmas. It was a beautiful watch. I cried. It was beautiful. Uh, and I put it in a really safe place. I don't know why I did. I did. Uh, so seven years later, yeah, about that, seven years later and two moves, still haven't found it. Like, that safe, guys. So if you need something put in a safe place, I'm your girl. Just know that it's going to be like time capsule safe. That's how good I am. And that's how safe we are when we're hidden in Jesus. Let's look at verses 3 and 4 again. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And the issue is not whether we're safe in Jesus. It's not whether he hides us. The issue is that so many times we're like my toddlers who jump out of the safe place and say, here I am. Here I am. You found me. His church, we are eternal people. Maybe this is new knowledge for you, but you have a soul that's going to outlive your body. And when you die here and now, this is not all that there is. This actually isn't even your true life. And when you draw your last breath, you're going to stand before Jesus. You'll stand before him as your judge, or you're going to stand before him as your redeemer. And I believe with all that I am that God is a God who wants to be known. And that God is a God who gives each of us an opportunity to choose him as redeemer. And I pray that you do. And if we do, when we do, I'm praying that that's a when and not an if. When that happens, we choose to die to our brokenness and be alive in his wholeness. And in that moment, in that here and now, we become people of eternity. We become people hidden in Jesus. Our true life is no longer here. Our true life actually begins the moment that Jesus returns. And we're just passing through this one. Trying to make sure that as many other people know Jesus like we do. I love this quote by N.T. Wright. The Christian hopes not merely for the coming of the Lord, but for the full revelation of what he or she already is. 
And that's the tension. Because we're eternal people living in a temporary world with temporary things screaming at us, where are you? Where are you? Come on out. And there are aspects of who we are and the faith journey that we're on that actually cannot and will not be realized until Jesus comes back and we see him face to face. And we have to be okay with that, with the fact that there are answers that we won't get until we're standing face to face with Jesus. There will be prayers that we prayed that won't be realized until Jesus comes back. We need to be okay with that because this is temporary. We're people living for eternity. At one ladies' retreat I was at, the speaker spoke about the prayer of her great-great-grandparents. It had been passed to every next set of parents. And the prayer was this. Lord, would you make this an unbreaking lineage of faith until you return? And to every next set of parents, the parents ahead of them poured into them what it looked like to model a relationship with Jesus well, what it looked like to disciple their children well. And generation after generation after generation stood in the gap and petitioned God that this family would be an unbroken strand. That one day all of them would be there in heaven together celebrating that's eternal parenting what would it look like if we bought into the fact that we're eternal people living in a temporary world can we be people that are temporarily inconvenienced for eternal impact and i don't mean like temporary in the next five minutes i mean like your whole life here being temporary? What would it look like if we truly understood the truth that this life is not all there is? That the here and now isn't even true life? What would change if we truly grasped that? That comfort in this life is just a whisper And that the people we work with and our neighbors and the parents on the PTA, all of them need an opportunity to know Jesus too. Would we be okay with being people temporarily inconvenienced for eternal impact? Because we have lies and temptations beckoning us to stay comfortable to satiate all of our desires and our needs and our wants here and now. And again, the things of the here and now, not all of them are bad. Some of them are excellent. The people in your life are a gift. This life in itself is a gift. But we have an enemy who wants to dull the reality and make us buy into the fact that here and now is all there is. But here and now is not and there is a yet to come that is so much more than what our eyes see here and living hidden is so difficult but thankfully we have a faith community we've been brought to you're not in this alone 
never were meant to be. And not only do we have each other, but we have the very one who hides us, who gives us his strength, who gives us his perspective, who gives us his wisdom. But do we choose to live eternal? Do we choose the covering of God even when it seems irrational? Even when it seems counterintuitive, do we choose to believe that God's moving when our eyes don't see it? And maybe never will. Do we believe that he is who he says he is? Even when everything around us tells us that God doesn't even exist, period. Do we choose to stay hid? Jesus' promise to keep us there, that's promise. But do we stay? Do we jump out like my toddlers? Here I am. Here I am. In Matthew 6, 19 to 21, it talks about our priorities and our heart. And I was in high school when this passage really hit home for me. I was at camp because, you know, most of my good stories happen at camp. So I'm such a big believer of camp. And we were talking about this, and it really hit, and it really changed the way that I lived. Matthew 6, 19 to 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's just so much to do in this life, right? There's so much to see so much to experience, there's so much to acquire. In fact, there's too much. So, kind of life narrows it down for us. I will never be an Olympian, right? I could scratch that one off the list. It just won't happen. I'm terrible at sports. I have no coordination at all. That's like, like I'm sick. I can't even wear anything higher than Tom's because I will fall. I have no coordination whatsoever. I will never be a supermodel. I'm really short. And so some things just get crossed off the list for us. And others, we decide. We decide where our treasure is. We decide what we're going to run after. We decide what we're going to acquire, the legacy that we're going to leave. And, you know, as we keep going in Colossians over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see that Paul is going to call this church to some higher standards. He's going to call them to things that are going to be impossible on their own. And I'm just assuming, because I have not had a conversation with Paul, that that's why he stuck this just little blurb right here in this letter. What became four verses to us. to remind them, hey, you don't have to do it on your own. You just have to run after Jesus. You just have to choose him over all else. You have to stay hidden in him. You have to remember 
that you are meant for more than this, that you are an eternal person in a temporary world, and that all that's beckoning to you here is mirage. It's not real. It's not going to satisfy like you think it's going to satisfy. Come to where water really is. Come to where life really is. Because we are people of hide and seek. Seek and then hide. Do we seek Jesus? Or are we running after the mirage? And when we find what we're truly seeking, can we stay there? I think that's probably the harder one. Can we stay there? Hidden and covered by Jesus himself. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Ask the worship team to come back as we pray. God, it is so easy to forget that this life is not all there is. to have that bucket list running through our head, to have those countdowns. But God, there are so many people that need an opportunity to know you. So would you help us to remember that this here and now is the temporary However long we have left is the temporary. But you've called us to be people of greater significance and greater impact. And you call us to be people who are faithful to run to you like you were faithful to run to us. You sought us out, which you help us to be faithful to seek you in return because we will find what we're seeking. And God, I pray that you'd help us to want to find you. And when we do, Lord, would you help us to stay there? Because there's so much that's beckoning for us. Would you reveal it for what it is, that it's not going to satisfy, it's not going to fulfill? shifting sand but in you there is enough in you is where we find life in you is where we find joy and peace you are our sustenance you are our provision you are our strength and our shelter as we're going to sing God you are good and you never let us down, king of our heart. Would you be the one we seek? Would you be the one that hides us and keeps us hidden, beckons us back when we jump out like toddlers? 
because you never give up on us. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for wooing us, for calling to us, for calling us your own. We love you so much. Would you allow our lives to declare that to the world around us? In your precious name, let's stand together as we sing this song.